This is episode number 58 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome back to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute. And our goal here is to share some success stories from high impact leaders who've been able to build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I interview another high impact leader, Chris Carr. He's the CEO of a company called Ferrotech. And I asked Chris on as a guest because of really a couple of really cool things that he has done. First, over the last decade or so, really almost two decades now, he and his team have created a really, really well-designed system for marketing. And so he gives us quite a few details on that and how you can use it for your own organization. But in addition, he and his team actually went through that that ramp up that a lot of us are going through right now where we're experiencing growth based on the pent up demand for our products and services you know post covid well his team he and his team went through that almost a year ago so he covers a few things that you that we all can do based on his experience to really create that team culture within your business as you're adding on personnel and moving through those that big growth curve uh, by the way as always if you like the sessions don't forget to subscribe to the the High Impact Leaders podcast and make sure to rate the podcast. Leave me a review wherever you download the show. All right. Enjoy the interview with Chris. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, got a special guest on the High Impact Leaders podcast this week, uh, Christopher Carr. He's CEO of Ferrotech uh, that's based in Conshohocken, PA. And by the way, just so you know, Christopher, I have never, ever, ever said the location of a of uh, any of our, our guests. <laughs> and I just, just because Conshohocken is like one of the coolest words ever just to say anyway, but anyway, but he's, Aerotech is a, it's a digital marketing agency. You guys are celebrating your 20th year in business. And one of the cool things that um, I wanted to have Christopher on to kind of talk about was um, how, you know, a lot of times, especially small businesses, medium-sized businesses, they're working for, they're trying to create that that digital marketing campaign and things are changing so fast that there's so much new stuff coming out. And, and, and if you don't really have a good system in place, it can be a little challenging for some of us. Um, also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what uh, kind of happened to his company, you know, through COVID and how you guys recovered and that kind of stuff, I'm hoping anyway. So yeah. uh, Christopher, welcome to the program. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah. So just real quick, tell us about yourself. Tell us about the the, the company and how you got started in 20 years in business. That's pretty, that's a, that's a nice milestone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I mean, we, uh, we joke around sometimes that we far scumped our way uh, <laughs> through the last 20 years. And then now people are like, oh man, you're like an overnight success. So it was like, right. yeah, after 20 years, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I speak with a lot of college students that just think that they can just do this in in eight to nine months because they saw Elon Musk do it or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm just like, you know what? I applaud your your desire to get into entrepreneurialism, but I promise you, there's a lot of ramen noodles involved in this process. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of times people kind of forget about that. So yeah, so tell yeah. us about the, the early yeah. days. What 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 did you start out doing? You know, 20 years ago, what was your? You yeah, know, it was probably the that was probably the newest trendiest thing. You're probably working on websites, I'm yeah. guessing, right? Way back then, and we were we're hand coding websites. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was That's pre pre WordPress, pre yes. themes and stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. We were using 
something called Dreamweaver at the time. And um, it was, yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, we started out building websites. Um, fortunately, every company wanted a website. So business was, was good, not great. I mean, I thought it was good for, I remember the days where I said, if I could just make $3,000 this month, that'll pay for me and my assistant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, started out of web development, then got into SEO. And uh, kind of the story that we tell is, is that clients would come to us and like, oh, you built us a really great website, but nobody could find us. Find it, sure. Yeah. Then we said, hey, you know what? We figured out the SEO portion. It was like, you built us a great website. Nobody can find it. But the, the main thing we need is actually those leads, those, fa- those, those phone calls, those form fills. And so we got really deep into understanding how does conversion work? And so we spend a lot of time doing what we call conversion rate optimization. Mm. Um, and sort of what we what we say is, is that we build systems, not solutions. And I know we're going to get there a little bit later. What I mean by that is sure. so many companies come to us and they say, hey, you know what? If I was only on the first page of Google, you know what I mean? That That's what we need. And I'm like, well, but do you? Because what happens if they go to your website? And they bounce right away. You spend right. gobs and gobs of money on SEO, or the same thing with social media, or you know, you name it. It's it's constantly the next magic bullet that they think is going to change their marketing. And I'm trying to say that you know what? It's actually a system. It's a bunch of different things all working together in unison. And um, at the end of it is data, and the data allows us to understand what's working and what's not. And then we pivot and we make choices. Hmm. And um, you know, um, that's, that's what marketing is. Unfortunately, it's, it's a lot of failure. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause a lot of times when folks are kind of thinking about, especially, um, uh, you know, small business folks or medium business folks, um, a lot of us kind of think of marketing as being a, a piece of advertising, you know, something that we're kind yep. of putting out there, but unless that advertising is actually getting you some type of sale, Mm-hmm. what's the point of it? Right. So, yeah. So that, yeah. And, and, and I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges I know that I have here at, at our, our company is that, you know, we come up with great ideas, but it's not until you test it over and over and over again that you see whether or not that thing is actually going to work and having the discipline to kind of look mm-hmm. at that data and kind of, and, and assess it and determine whether or not what you're doing is, is effective can be a little challenging. I like for a lot of us, cause we're busy, we're doing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming that's where you yep. guys kind of jump in, right? Yeah. Now we have a different starting point than most companies. And, and, and the story that we tell is that it's the first of the year and you go to your general, you know, your, uh, uh, your general practitioner, I'm sorry, just basically your family right, doctor. So yeah. family and, and he walks in and he says, you know what, you'd be an excellent candidate for open heart surgery. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? what are you talking about? Like, you're not going to do any tests. You're not going to do it. It's like, no, 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 you're perfect for open heart surgery. Now you would think, you know what? They're going to do these tests. They're going to get the data. They're going to do all those things before I make a radical life choice. Right. But that happens in my world all the time. It's like you would come to a company like me and you would say, Hey, you know what? Like we have marketing problems and sales problems. I need you to, to spend an hour to look at it and then write me a proposal. And based upon maybe two to three hours worth of research, I give you a proposal for a hundred thousand dollars and you choose me over the next guy, maybe because he's $5,000 cheaper and you like his approach. We, we don't buy that. Um, I've been doing this for too long to understand 
how many things you actually have to measure first. So what we do is we develop a book. It's literally this thick. Oh, wow. In the first 10 weeks, it's your gap assessment. And literally it's chock full of data and every single thing that we need to do to basically 5X or 10X your goals. And so this becomes our Bible for the next three to five years. And so much of what we need to do is based upon us understanding your industry and making sure that all of the facets of this system are running and working in, in, in unison. And when, when that happens, when we build these systems, really great things happen. Uh, you know, we have, an, we have our attention rate is from a clientele standpoint of over uh, 92%. Wow. And so it works. Nice. So, okay. So when you say the, the, the system, I know you've kind of touched on a little bit, but what, what exactly is it like the, Mm -hmm. just so just for folks that are outside of marketing and, and uh, aren't really, this isn't part of our, our normal kind of day-to-day activity. What would, what would the entire system include? Like, yeah. What kind of, you know, so in the beginning we develop your gap assessments and your marketing message. And we look at your brand. When I say brand, I don't mean logo. Right. We go through and we establish all that. Then we build a system into lead generation through understanding your SEO potential, uh, looking at your website to build that stronger for SEO, establishing your social media presence and developing your your assets for advertising. Uh-huh. And we connect it to a lead nurturing process or a lead nurturing system that essentially gets people to your website and every engagement that they do, every time they touch your website, I'm giving them more and more points based upon their engagement. And then finally, after they convert, we have a whole referral system that's going to reach out to existing clients, make sure that they have what we call client delight, and then ask them for more referrals. And so what happens is is that we're going from a funnel system to more of a flywheel system, like if you've ever read good to great. And so what happens is that if you can do this well, it starts to self-perpetuate. Nice. Okay, cool. So basically, the, 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 because the cost of acquiring a new customer is so high, you're, mm-hmm. you're focusing more on the back end on that nurturing to make sure that those customers keep coming back over and over and over again. Yep. And, a, and, a, and a find a way to develop what you just said, the cost per acquisition to try to understand what's it cost to get a client. And if I know that it's going to take seven touches with your brand to basically qualify a client to get them to buy, can we build a system so that everybody in your pipeline, we know exactly where they stand, how warm they are, and how to get them from being from going from cold to warm, warm to hot. Cool. And all of that, you know, all of that works. It, yeah. it works for getting new clients. It works from um, from an HR perspective to getting right. um, people to work for your company. Right. A lot of times what we find is, is that there's companies that don't have sales problems, but they have personnel problems. Sure. Meaning, the, the the people that the skilled professionals they need are the product that we're trying to go after. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, I, I think a lot of times people kind of miss that in their um, as they're kind of growing their businesses is they kind of miss the fact that you have to acquire a high level of employee of Correct. Team, team member. Otherwise, you know, all of the work that you've done is, is kind of wasted. So being able to use that same marketing as a way to, to get people to want to be a part of your team. It's funny. That's one of the things that we're doing here on the, on the podcast is we have a lot of folks that are human resource folks that, that um, they have a fantastic culture within their organization 
But once you get outside of the of the office, nobody kind of knows that. So we're giving them a place to kind of market them themselves and market that that great atmosphere Mm -hmm. that they're creating. And and hopefully it's helping them out, you know, quite a bit. So that's that's interesting that you're seeing that on the marketing side, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's um, especially in this environment, um, you know, from a post-COVID standpoint, it's just a very different world than it was on March 13th of 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you just since we're, since you kind of brought that up, what, what kind of things did you see in your own? So you've got quite a few employees. You've got mm-hmm. uh, what, somewhere around hundred employees. Is that kind of uh, now around 50 between 50. contractors and full-time around 50. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a pretty good size, pretty good size marketing company. Anyway, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit, it's big for a marketing company. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and so, so basically um, I I'm assuming that when, uh, when, COVID hit on March of last year that yep. that changed things pretty dramatically for you guys. Yeah. Right. So what, yeah. what kind of things did you do to kind of keep morale up and keep, yep. um, keep the the team atmosphere and that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, a couple of things that we've really focused on is one, we doubled down on culture, but we also doubled down on communication because as people were scared, they're going to get some virus. They were also scared. Am I going to lose my job at the same time? Right. How do I, right. do I have benefits and all that stuff? And um, nobody knew the answer. And so we um, get a lot of counsel um, from legal, from, uh, from business planners and stuff like that. You know, like um, we do something called the CEO think tank. We met very often, but what we started doing is started to do these five bullet Fridays. And on five bullet Fridays, essentially what we did is we communicated the state of the company exactly where we're at from, do we have any clients leave? Do we, whatever, you don't know anything that would right. say, this is different from business than it's normal. And then also here's some links to th- ways that we're going to try to help you out, that we're going to apply for the PPP money to make sure that you got a job and to do all of those critical things that, I don't know, like, you know, the expression, like you keep a happy wife is a happy life. Well, it's right. the same thing with your employees. You know what I mean? You lose your employees, you lose your product. I think one of the other things that we did is we found a program called Fringe. And Fringe, essentially what it was, was... Uh, it's a program that you can assign points for anything, uh, like an attaboy or sure. whatever that is. And what Fringe was, it's imagine a marketplace that you use your points for places like Grubhub or Gap.com or whatever it was. Right. These are just tiny little ways to celebrate employees and they could use it however they wanted. It's almost like virtual gift cards. But we would, when we would do meetings, like we would do an all-team meeting, we would make sure that everyone had their lunch delivered, right. or things like that. You know what I mean? Just I don't know how to, how to describe oh, yeah. it, but like like yeah. people that say don't sweat the small stuff, I don't think that they're creative entrepreneurs. Right. I, we we sweat we sweat the small stuff. Because the small stuff is the important stuff. You know, I know. Yeah. I know. That's, Seriously. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah and still- it's weird because everybody that writes on Glassdoor, if you know, we we have a great record there, but. Anybody right. that complains about their company, they don't usually complain about the macro. They complain about the micro. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's that, you know, studies kind of say that the reason why people leave companies almost always is their immediate boss. <laughs> they didn't, mm-hmm. something happened where the immediate boss wasn't 
you know, helpful to them or was mean to yeah. them or whatever. And so that's yeah. one of the, the major things. Hey, so, um, so in the, in the, I, I mean, I know that in some industry, I mean, like in my industry, in the, in the, I, I'm in the meeting business, you know, so the meeting business, business got decimated during, during COVID yeah. um, marketing though, um, you probably had a, like a, a really um, uh, like a huge glitch right at the very beginning, but you guys yep. were probably able to pivot and recover a little easier than some of the yeah. other industries. So what, what kind of things did you guys do during that time period to kind of pivot a little bit and do something a little different than what, mm-hmm. what you were doing before? Well, a couple of things is, is that uh, this sounds a whole lot braver 16 months later, but you know, we started saying, let's not let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, is that the businesses that have really strong thought leadership, that thought leader, his time is his or her time is usually very minuscule. But when COVID happened, that thought leader, for some reason, a lot of times it was on the bench because they didn't know they didn't, they didn't have the same job that they had just even two weeks prior. And so we were saying is like, Hey, you know what, if that person has more time now, let's get those videos from them. Let's get that content from, and let's build a farm of content in our downtime. You know what I mean? Because I think that what happens here is, is that when that, when the crisis happened, you can either sit and be scared or you can, you know what I mean? You can get to work. And when you get through this on the other side of this, you know, like you're going to be the ones that are significantly farther ahead because Google didn't sleep. Right. You know what I mean? And so that, that mattered for SEO, you know? Oh yeah. I I mean, I totally relate to that because that's exactly what we did. And we did it just because we, out of necessity, but I mean, like I said, we're in the meeting business. So when all the meetings just kind of canceled, we had people here at the office. Okay. What are we going to do? Well, we've, you know what, for the last like five years, we've been wanting to really revamp our online presence, you know, our online courses, you know, the, the pre-recorded stuff that people can kind of go and and purchase. And I think we created in the first like two months of, of COVID, mm-hmm. I think we created, I, it, it had to be 200 hours of oh, uh, that's amazing. recorded content, you know, so we actually created a library of stuff. And then because it was, it was create, it was already created. The, the, um, the expense was already there. We were able to kind of put that out into the marketplace for like next to nothing. I mean, just very inexpensive way for people to kind of figure out what the company yeah. is doing, that kind of thing. So yeah, I totally relate to what you're doing. Yeah. We, we actually did it out of necessity. It was like, ah, I got people sitting around doing nothing. We have to figure out something that, that we can do. And what's yeah. funny is that that actually spurred a whole new revenue stream that we didn't even anticipate. We were expecting the online learning, but it turned into virtual learning. And so we yeah. had, we started getting calls from some of our best customers where they were saying, Hey, we've got all, we've, we've got to change all of our training now to virtual. It was all in person. We've got a year and a half oh. worth of in-person training schedule for the next year, uh, next year and a half. Um, you know, we, we've got to make that virtual. We have no idea how to do that. I've watched, I, I've, we've worked with you guys. We know you guys are good at doing this stuff. You know, can you recreate oh. it? And so we, we basically went in to some of our big clients and, and help them create their, recreate their content in a virtual format. That's great. And, um, and it was, I mean, it was like, like I said, that's an entire revenue stream. And I think, I think probably, I would say probably 95% of all the revenue that we generated after April of 2020, up until about February and March of 2021 was mm-hmm. stuff that didn't even exist 
prior to February of 2020. Wow, so that's wonderful. It was all yeah. brand new stuff that we, yeah, that's that great. we kind of created. So it was yep. kind of cool. But yeah, stuff, I mean, that's, that, that stuff can be an, an annuity too. You right. know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? You created um, and, it, and it keeps, it keeps yeah. generating income for you. But yeah, that was um, the other thing that, that kind of happened in our company. And I don't know if you guys are seeing this right now, but we're seeing this huge boom. There's a huge pent up demand for our, for our services just because there haven't been any meetings for a year. And so now all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, we're, we're busier now than I think we ever have been um, wow. doing, going out and doing um, we, we've got um, um, I think we've got, just in the next couple months, we've got team building activities scheduled out for, you know, some of the biggest companies in the in the world for in cities all over the United States, even like New York and places like that, which is wow. crazy. You know, so that's great. Um, are you guys seeing that too? Are you seeing a big boom all of a sudden, like a yeah, like a lot of pent up um, like folks yeah. that are that are that are now kind of yeah. the the um, the the fear is now a little diminished, so they're more more willing to invest in in things that are going to help them grow their companies much faster. Yeah. You know, um, ours was a little bit earlier than, than maybe yours because sure, it would be, um, yeah. the reason why is, is that their sales force couldn't do this traditional shake hands and kiss babies. They had to do right. it all virtually. Right. And so what we had to do is, is that we were finding companies that were dragging their feet all along to go into digital marketing. And then when they had no other option, then they came running to us. And so we right. had a, you know, We'll probably be in the two years of COVID, if I call it two years, we'll probably be up by about 60%. Right. Which is, which is great, you know? Um, and so I think that that's, I think that that's great. I think that the, the pen up side it, uh, from our side is, um, is more in the aspect of we have clients that, that put on conventions and conferences. Right. right. And they're getting record attendance, even though, they're trying to keep it low attendance for COVID. It was just like, you know, like all these people that would attend these things, you know, maybe three to four events a year, they were like the first one the company says I can do, I'm going. So everybody's going, you know, yeah. They were like yeah. begging to be in, they were like the Beatles. Right, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and I don't think true. that as much as the news wants you to get scared about Delta, and I'm not trying to, I don't I, I don't have a horse in the race. I, I think that this country is, the level of fear won't be nearly what it was in March of, of 2020. Yeah, I Meaning, think we're seeing that too. We've, we had a couple of clients that kind of called us up and said, Hey, you know, maybe we want to postpone all of them, all of those folks that have, have, um, yeah. you know, booked something big uh, and thought about postponing every one of them have come back and said, no, it's still on same day, same time we're doing yep. it. And I think they were getting, I, I don't know. I haven't asked them, but my assumption is that they were getting pushback from the, from their employees. Yeah. You know, I think they were trying yeah. to do something because they thought yep. that's what the employees want. And then when they tried to pull the trigger on the postponing, the employees kind of um, yep. went back the other way. So I, I, I'm hoping that. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, we'll I, see. We'll yeah, see. I know. I know. I mean, I, I read this meme that said that, you know, like at first you thought with the masks is like, you're trying to cover your face. It's like now companies are trying to cover their butt. Right. So, you know what I mean? And right. so like what's happening here is there's a lot of companies for two years have went the safest possible route where I think like companies now are kind of like, Hey, you know what? We're going to have to yeah. live among this thing. Yeah, indeed. Hey, well, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for all the great feedback and thanks a lot for being a part of the uh, high, impact, high impact leaders podcast, Christopher. Um, yeah. is, uh, if somebody wants to uh, kind of get in touch with you or find out more about Ferrotech, how would they do that? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, you can email us at email info at farotech.com. That's F-A-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. And, um, you know, you can always email, um, you can email me or you can just go to our website, which is farotech.com as well. Good deal. All right. Thanks a lot for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, this is wonderful. I really appreciate you having me on.